Good morning. This morning I'd like to mainly focus on our epistle lesson from the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. And specifically, I'd like to talk about adoption. I'm curious, does anybody here have any kind of first-hand experience uh, with a, maybe a member of your immediate family, any first-hand experience with adoption? So it looks like two. Um, I know the Dodies do as well. Remember that the book of Romans is St. Paul's epistle or his letter to the Christian church in Rome. And so in addition to speaking to us, Paul is speaking directly to the Roman Christians. Now in first century Rome, adoption was the legal action by which a person would graft into his own family a child who was not his own, with the purpose of treating him and as and giving him all the same rights and privileges as his own natural child. An adopted child was legally entitled to, entitled to all the same rights and privileges of a natural-born child, even though they were not related by blood. One Bible commentary wrote, the adopted person lost all rights in his old family, but gained all the rights of a legitimate son in his new family. He got a new father. He became heir to his new father's estate. Even if other sons were born after his adoption, it did not affect his rights. He was now a legal co-heir with them. In law, the old life of the adopted person was completely wiped out. For example, all his old debts were canceled. He was regarded as a new person entering into a new life with which the past had nothing to do. In the eyes of the law, he was absolutely the son of his new father. And adoption for the Romans was so important that they even had an adoption ceremony that was carried out in the presence of at least seven witnesses. Now in the Old Testament, we see a different type of adoption. We see that God adopted the people of Israel as his own chosen people. The people of Israel enjoyed a special relationship as the chosen people of God, and that was because they were God's people by adoption. Romans chapter 9 and verse 4 says, They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, and the giving of the law. We worship and the promises, the worship and the promises. And referring to the Israelites, Romans 9.26 says, and in the very place where it was said to them, you are my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. So we might ask, well, why did God choose Israel and not one of the other larger, uh, more powerful nations in the region? <laughs> nations like Babylon or Egypt or Syria or Assyria. They were all much larger and they were all much more powerful than Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, God speaks to Moses. He says, For you are a people, holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any of the other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you 
and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers, that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And so God, choosing the nation of Israel to be his chosen people, it was an act of love, an act of grace. And the same way, all who embrace our Lord Jesus Christ by faith are also made adopted sons and daughters of God our Father. As the Romans had witnesses during their adopted ceremony, Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit is the witness to our adoption into the family of God. He's present during our baptism and he witnesses to God the Father on our behalf as all baptized believers are made sons and daughters of the family of God. Now, we hear people say all the time that we all, meaning everyone in the human family, are all children of God. But that's not what the Bible tells us. That statement is its really a, a very common mistake that even Christians make all the time. All the members of the human race are made in the image of God, and the offer of salvation through Christ is made to all members of the human race, but only those who reach out and accept that gift of grace by their faith in Jesus actually become adopted sons and daughters, adopted children of God. And two things happen in our relationship to God and his family the moment we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. As in the old Roman system of adoption, which, by the way, our modern system of adoption is folded on, the adopted person who is not a natural son or daughter of God is transformed into a son or daughter in the family of God. It's like a formal adoption or the legal placing of a child into a new family. That's an act of God's grace through our faith that places the believer in God's family as his newly adopted son or daughter. And when that happens, the believer is spiritually born into the family of God. It's what the Bible refers to as being reborn of the Spirit or, or being born anew or being born again. Remember speaking with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, Jesus said, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, well, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time to his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You know, when we're, quote, born again, we become like a young child who needs to grow and develop. We need to become mature in our faith. We become a child of God with the full privilege of being a son or a daughter in his family, and, and that begins the necessary process of growth in grace and in the knowledge and love of Christ. In our epistle today, Paul uses the Greek word 
for being, quote, placed as a son. An unbeliever under grace is placed as a son into the family of God through his or her adoption by God. Galatians in chapter 3 says that, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. And while this gift of adoption is given as a gift of God's grace, there are consequences to accepting that gift. There are responsibilities to being adopted as a child of God. Because we have been adopted by him, God expects all believers to behave like his children. God doesn't just adopt us and then just turn us loose on the world all by ourselves. Because the Holy Spirit indwells in every believer, he goes out into the world with each and every one of us. He guides us, he inspires us, he protects us, he advocates for us, and he counsels us when we navigate those ups and downs and all the twists and turns in the world. Think about how incredible this gift of adoption into the family of God is. God our Father, by his amazing love, grace, and mercy, has taken the lost, helpless, poverty-stricken, debt-laden sinner and adopted him into his own family so that all debts are canceled and the glory of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is our inheritance. All believers are co-heirs with Jesus and with each other because we are all equal sons and daughters by our adoption. You know, Jesus has been called a new type of Adam, a new Adam or a second Adam. And in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says, For if because of one man's trespass, referring to Adam, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in the life of the one man, Jesus Christ, through the one man, Jesus Christ. See, by our adoption, we're no longer just members of Adam's family. We're no longer just sons of Adam and daughters of Eve. We instead have a new father, a new head of the family. All of our inheritance from Adam with all its sin and death, it's been canceled out, and we're now members of Jesus' family. God is our father, and Jesus is our brother. What an incredible gift. Now, some would argue that this adoption is something that we as individuals have no input into. They argue that you're either predestined by God to be a Christian, or you aren't. And so you really don't have any input into that decision. And those who hold that position, they hold it because it's based on a misreading of Ephesians 1, verse 5. And that says, he, he, God, predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. You see, God does predestine us for adoption as his sons through Jesus Christ. But that predestination is for all. God determined before he even spoke creation into existence that everyone who chooses to believe in Jesus Christ his one and only begotten Son, will be adopted into his family. God our Father wants every man, woman, and child 
to have ever been born to become his adopted sons and daughters by receiving Jesus into their hearts. Unfortunately, only a small percentage will. Today, less than 30% of the world's population is Christian. But for those who do invite, welcome, and receive Christ into their hearts, their relationship with God gives them freedom that is otherwise not possible. As adopted children of God, they're no longer slaves. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Papa, Dad, Father. My brothers and sisters in Christ, God the Father, Abba's love for his adopted children is as great as his love is for his son Jesus. And our eternal inheritance is equal to that of Jesus' inheritance. We are joint heirs with Christ. Romans 8:17. And if we are God's adopted children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we might also be glorified with him. The glory that Jesus received at his resurrection is the same glory that awaits each and every believer, each and every adopted son and daughter of God. But remember that that glory is found in Christ alone. That glory is for those who call themselves a child of God. And so the question this morning is, are you truly a child of God? Have you truly, in your heart, embraced Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Doing so is the only path to adoption. And so, if you can't answer yes, what are you waiting for? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.